welcome to the Christian Life Austin Wednesday evening message. Today we continue our series entitled Shift. In this series, we will dive into God's Word and find a way to use the Holy Spirit to the maximum in our lives. And now with the next sermon in the series, lead Pastor Rex Johnson. We're talking about we're talking about shift. We're just talking about a series we discussed called Shift. Can you put it up there? There it is, Shift. And we're going to study this a few more weeks because it is imperative that we talk about it. Last week we talked about you need to believe bigger than the current condition of your life. Everybody say, I'm going to believe bigger. And we, we also learned that favor can come from unlikely, even distant places. Don't ever hold God accountable just to the fact that it didn't come from Austin. God can send you favor. He sends you favor from places you never dreamed possible. And it can end a season of waiting and make things happen so much faster than normal. That's what we're talking about. Because God's goodness goes beyond just sustaining. It blesses us. And tonight we're going to go to... The subject, please, please, you that have not heard me teach this, it's called Holy Shift, Part 2. Holy Shift, Part 2. Somebody said, Pastor, I hope you say that right. Yeah, I I will. I will. Because I love talking about the shift that God has this church in in 2015. So I want you to look up here and say, Pastor, preach the word to us tonight. Let it touch my heart. Let it change my heart. Preach the word to us tonight. Let it touch my mind. Let it change my mind. Preach the word to us tonight. Let me leave here a better person than what I was when I came in. Clap your hands real big and you may be seated. God bless. Amen. Amen. Last week we started this series called Shift. And we launched what I will call a four-week series on and to show how God wants to bring into our lives a meaningful and powerful, everybody say, now help. Now help. The reason this is so exciting is that we've always, we always see big things out of small things. So what I want to encourage everyone to do is to stay in the, stay the course and vigorously protect the time on your schedule to be at church in 215 and expect great things, everybody say great things, to happen. My first, my first thing on the board says simply big trees come from little seeds. You ever held an acorn? You ever looked at an oak? Big trees. Come from little seeds. So grab your Bible and let's get ready to get into the Word. Everybody say, My heart is open. In Luke chapter 5, if you want to go there, we're not going to put it on the screen just yet, but in Luke chapter 5, there is a story of a fisherman named Simon who had fished all night and caught nothing. And as he was cleaning his boat and his nets, Jesus who had been sitting in a boat nearby, turns to him and says to him, launch out into the deep. 
Let's pick up the story in verse 5 where Simon is resistant. He's hesitant to this whole idea of putting the boats back in the water. He says to the Lord in 5 and 5 on the screen, Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. It's amazing how you can go all night and not catch anything. But at the word of the Lord, a shift can come. A shift can come. And you can catch it. Now, I'm going to be very carnal here to introduce this subject tonight. How many watched that football game Monday night? I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. I like Urban Meyer. I like a coach that will hit his knee and thank God for a victory. I enjoy that. I like winning coaches because they have a recipe that's unbelievable. But, but, but when Ohio State started the year, they had a quarterback named Braxton Miller. And Braxton was injured in preseason. He was a Heisman front runner, which meant he was good. He was good. Big, tall kid, fast, throw the ball. And he got hurt. So there's a freshman that was on campus named J.T. Barrett from Wichita Falls. I don't know why Texas didn't get him, but we didn't. He went all the way up to Ohio State to become a Buckeye. You know, what a buck, you know what a buckeye is? It's a worthless nut. <laughs> and so he plays the whole year. They get beat by Virginia Tech, seven sacks. They get beat by Virginia Tech. And they play, they, they play all year, and they, and they win all but one game. So it puts them in the conference final. But on the last game, Mr. Barrett breaks his leg, the backup quarterback. So they're facing mighty Wisconsin, mighty Wisconsin. They got to play them in the big 10 championship. And it looks like that, you know, they're down to their last broken heart. They pull in this third string sophomore quarterback, Cardale Jones. Don't forget that name. Don't forget that name. What I'm talking about is shifts. I'm talking about shifts, things that happen, things that come about in your life. Here was a team that had a Heisman trophy candidate. Couldn't play from the first gun. A boy, a freshman, went undefeated except for one game and then breaks his leg. And then here comes a sophomore. and He's got to play in the Big Ten Championship, and all he does is win 59 to nothing against another Heisman hopeful. And so then they have to play big, bad Alabama. My son-in-law is on the board, but big, bad Alabama went down like the crimson blue. Because Cardell was still quarterbacking. And then Monday night, everybody said, well, Oregon, you know, the, the, or Ohio State never had a chance. But here comes Oregon and Oregon with Mariota. They're going to just run through them. They're going to do all this stuff. And they did to a tune of 42 to 20, Ohio State. What I'm saying is, I, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's just a, 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 a story about how shifts can happen in life. And we look at that and we applaud that and say, wow. 
But I'm tired of looking at the sports world and applauding that and saying, look what they can do when they feel this shift. I'm ready to start looking at some saints in 2015. That absolutely believe that God can put a shift in your life, a holy shift in your life. And it doesn't matter what you lose, what you lost last year. It doesn't matter how many times you were sacked. It doesn't matter that you broke a leg and things happened negatively in your life. What matters is that we have a championship to win. And God Almighty wants this church not to just come in second or third place. He wants you to be a winner. He wants you to be a winner in life. I want to I go a little further now. Let me spiritualize it. <clears throat> how many of you really believe that Jesus can change a heart? Yeah. Come on. How many believe the blood of Jesus can really change a heart? You believe that? Yeah. You really believe that he can turn your heart around? Yes. He can change you. How many believe that he can heal you? Yeah. How many has ever been healed? Yeah. I'm going to talk tonight. How many has ever been healed? I'm talking about you know you've been healed. Not from just a headache, but you've been healed. How many has ever been delivered? Anybody, anybody, you don't have to raise your hand. Anybody been delivered from alcohol or cocaine addiction or any kind of addictions or, come on, anybody? Yeah, that's good. Put your hands down. We don't want to, we're not here to embarrass. Well, I didn't know you was addicted. Yeah, I was. So here's what I want to preach about tonight. Here's what I want to say. That if you know without a shadow of a doubt that he can change a heart. If you know he can heal you. If you know that he can deliver you. Why can't we get this to believe that he can do anything? Why do we still struggle with our mindset that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above that he's able to ask or think. We're able to ask or think. You know what? I got a new little revelation on that scripture there in, in Ephesians 3. And it's simply this. God is able to do exceeding. Everybody say exceeding. exceeding. Abundantly. When God does abundantly, he wants to exceed his abundance. And I want this church to understand something in 2015. That this is the year of exceeding abundance in our life. I don't want, the Bible says in Romans 12 to be not conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing, say the renewing of your mind. The Lord knew where the battle was going to be. It was going to be right here in your head. Because once he seals your heart, you know that he's got you saved. And once he healed you, you know you've been healed. And once you've been delivered, you know you've been delivered. But hell wants to whip you right here. But we're going to talk about shifts here tonight. That God can put us in a holy shift. And if God can do all of that, he can take me on a journey and cause me to have great success in my life, in my spiritual life, in my family life, in my married life, in my job life. I can have success every day of my life. Now let's talk a little. So you got to get this picture. Here's these tired, weary fishermen who fished all night and caught nothing. So they... They go from empty boats one hour to full boats the next hour. Right when they thought it was time to quit, God caused a divine shift to happen in their lives. 
He took what seemed like a hopeless situation and turned it around. So rather than going home with nothing, they were headed to the market with two boatloads of fish. Wow. This series is meant to stir us up and get us to thinking about two things. Number one, first, about divine shifts. Everybody say divine shifts. Say it with me. Say it right. Holy shifts. Heaven initiated shifts. Say it. Heaven initiated. That brings answer to prayer. That open doors of opportunity. That bring provision and healing and restoration and special delivery into our lives. And secondly, how slight a shift in how a slight shift in us, in our attitudes, in our routines, in our perspective, in our hearts, and in our choices can be the step of faith that positions us to experience a holy shift in our lives. So tonight, I'm talking about a God that wants to do something divine for us. But we as a people must understand that we've got to have some shifts in our own lives. We've got to look at God as being able to do anything He says He can do. We've got to be like little kids again saying, Father, whatever you tell me, I'm going to do it because I believe you're a God that's able to do anything and everything that I need in my life. Why don't we live on the top side this year and not the bottom side of blessing? Why don't we walk on it instead of letting it be on our head? Why don't we understand that God Almighty wants us to be as successful as we've ever been in our faith, in our family, in our home, in our lives this year? Why don't we accept that right now before I even start teaching the gospel tonight? Accept that. So, let's go back to our story. When Jesus says to Peter, go fishing, he was telling Peter to shift out of his normal fishing routine and shift out of his routine into the Lord's routine. So, my first point tonight. When God asks you to do something out of the ordinary for him, it's because he wants to do something out of the ordinary for you. I found in my relationship with God, leave it on the board, please. I found in my relationship with God that what he wants more than anything is for me to have faith in him and his words for my life. It won't always be about my convenience. It won't always be about my preference for the moment. But it will always be about putting me in a position to experience something better. Something that's heaven sent. Something out of the ordinary in my life. Put it on the board. When people get discouraged with the lack of results, we oftentimes jump to conclusions and quit what we're doing. When we get discouraged, sometimes our marriage isn't going well, so we think of quitting. People quit school. People quit jobs. People quit going to church. People go and they leave because they're not getting good results. But I'm going to put this on the board. Quitting is murdering your ability. And it's murdering your faith. And it's murdering your trust. What God really wants for us is to show a shift in our thinking, a shift in our perspective, a shift in our approach to what we are going to do in this life. I want you to raise your right hand and say, Pastor, I'm going to receive this word tonight because I'm fixing to start teaching real strong here. I want to receive this word. And I want God to change my whole perspective about how he loves me. 
I want everybody to hear me when I say something. He loves you in spite of you. You may not love yourself, but he loves you. You may not think you can do anything, but he thinks you can do all things. Because you weren't made, <laughs> you weren't made by anybody but him. And the last time I checked, God doesn't make junk. God makes special people. And everybody in this house is special. It doesn't matter if you're living here on a scale of here to here and you're living here and some are living above. It does not matter. Everybody in this house is loved by God and is special to God. And God has something great for you in your life. So why don't you receive that right now and let me teach this gospel to you tonight. He don't want you to quit. Everybody say no quit. In fact, he wants us to stay with it. I've told you this before, but Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, there's 28 things there. A time to be born, time to die, a time to plant, time to reap. There's 28 times there. You know the only time it's not there is a time to quit. You can't quit. Everybody say, I can't quit. You heard me say it a bunch. He doesn't want us to quit. In fact, he wants us to stay with it. He, but, but he leads us out of our ordinary thinking, perspective, approach to a reposition us for him to do something out of the ordinary in our lives. There was a, there's a pastor friend of mine that told me, that told me this story. He had, a, he had a business owner in his church that was stuck in a construction project and he couldn't get the permit from the city. So he was frustrated and growing more angry every day. He really was. Then one day as he was talking to God, he sensed God telling him to go to the man of the city that held up the project and ask him to forgive him for his attitude toward him. Now, the preacher didn't tell him. God spoke to him. So the next afternoon, he went and told the man, look, I've got a bad attitude. And I really have not liked you, but I want you to forgive me for having a bad attitude towards you. And that day, he was permitted. And not only that, his return from that job was astronomical. It was more than he ever imagined. Because when God asks you to do something extraordinary... It may be because he's got something for you that's extraordinary. When God asks you to go launch out into the deep, it might be because there's a bunch of fish fixing to jump into your boat. When God asks you to walk on the water, it might be because you have something steady and firm to stand on walking toward the Lord. I'm here to tell you, God asked him to do something out of the ordinary because he wanted to do something out of the ordinary for that man. And I'm telling you, God will do that. What I'm saying is to be open and ready to act on God's guidance. To say you're wrong. To say, you know what, I'm sorry. To shift, not God, but to shift you. There's a beautiful story in the book of 1 Samuel that I, I want to I just bring to your attention. A little preaching story. It's, it's beautiful. There's a man named Elkanah that had two wives. One named Penina and one named Hannah. And Penina was, was not barren, but Hannah was barren. And Penina had children. Hannah couldn't have children, so Hannah... Went to the house of the Lord. They went, they went yearly to the house of God to sacrifice and to offer oblation. And Hannah went and found herself a place to pray. And she prayed so hard that she lost her voice. And she couldn't even say a word. But her lips were moving. She was not saying anything. And the priest, Eli, thought that she was drunk. So he came over to her. And evidently he cuffed her. Evidently he did something to her to shake her into attention. And he said, what are you doing in this altar this way? She said, sir. I am not inebriated. She said, I am passionate. I want a man child in my life. And he looked down at her and he said, watch this now. He looked down and he said, 
God has heard your petition. Go your way. Go your way. And if you read that first chapter of Samuel, in fact, I think it's so important. I'm going to pull it up and read it for you right now. I didn't put it on the screen. I just happened to have it marked. And the Bible said, and she said, let thy handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat and her countenance was no more sad. Here comes a shift. And they arose, her and her husband, the next morning early and worshiped. Worshiped. Let me tell you something. If you come to this church, you need to be a worshiper. I believe that the reason so many people do not see what God wants them to see is that we're not worshiping the one that can give us what we have need of in our life. We stay on our knees and we beg God until we can't even make a sound out of our mouth. And the man of God says, go your way and worship and magnify the Lord. And when she worshiped, the Bible said they went home, the same verse, and, and Elkinah knew her and God opened her womb and she produced Samuel, a prophet. Now, here's what I want to tell you, folks. There's sometimes you've got to get out of the same rut that you're in because if you want God to do something extraordinary for you, you need to do something extraordinary for God. Sometimes you've got to get on your feet. Sometimes you've got to clap your hands. Sometimes you've got to magnify the Lord. You can't just stay in that pity area. You've got to praise him. You've got to love him. You've got to magnify him. There's something being born in your life. There's something being birthed in your life. Get up and praise Him. Do something out of the ordinary and watch God do something out of the ordinary for you. It's called a holy shift. Point number two, what feels like the end may be the beginning. Randy, we may have to sing that song at the end again tonight. It's not over. It's not ended. It's only the beginning. What seems like the end. I'd like to consider what it was like for Simon Peter. This was the morning after a long night of trying his best and having nothing to show for it. He'd given up on something he'd worked hard for and he was weary. He was discouraged. Don't let a season of tiredness, don't let a season of weariness or discouragement cause you to miss out on what God has for you. There's going to be times in your life when you're going to feel like nothing is working. Nothing's going right. You're going to be tempted to quit even though you know God's telling you not to give up. That's when you need to have, are you ready? A nevertheless in your life. Lord, we fished all night, but nevertheless... At thy word, we're going to launch out again. Some of you need a nevertheless in your life. Some of you are pouting on God right now. Well, you know, God, I thought 2014 was going to be a great year. But it wasn't. It wasn't. So I'm just going to hold. I'm going to hold my cards close to my chest. I'm not going to play anything. Come on, people. Come on, people. You can't treat God like that. It doesn't matter if things didn't happen the way you want them to happen in 2014. Nevertheless, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Come on, get your hands up. Come on, get your hands up, Hannah. Get your hands up. 
Get your hands up. I will praise him. You got to have a nevertheless. Peter said, I fished all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, everybody say, I will. Do what you've told me to do. He said, I will praise you. I will trust you. I will go to church like you never, you've told me to go to church. And I will speak your word over my circumstances. There's a gentleman in our church, a former pastor. And I don't call names often, but I, oh, that hurt my knee. And I was complaining about it. And he said, how's your knee, pastor? And I said, well, it's hurting. He said, don't speak how it feels. Speak how it's going to feel. I said, it's going to get better. Guess what? I don't have a limp. I don't have a hurt. I don't have a pain. I can spin on this knee. If you give me about two months, I'll be dunking on you again. I'll be shooting that three over you. Hey, I feel good because I'm tired of saying what it is. I'm ready to have a divine shift in my life and declare what it's going to be. Come on. Your tongue can kill you or bless you. Open up your mouth and start speaking blessings to yourself. Come on. This will be the year of the Lord in my life. Come on, speak it to yourself. This will be the year that God has favor in my life. This will be the year that I'll find that job. This will be the year that God will bring peace to our home. This will be the year that our family will be reconnected. This will be the year that we'll see our loved ones saved. This will be the year that I'll have what I need in God. Come on, don't start telling what it is. Tell it what it's going to be like. Can I preach to you? Will you receive the word here tonight? What feels like the end may just be the beginning. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 1 and 20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, everybody say they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God and God's yes and our yes together, putting his yes within us. I love that version of that scripture. What I'm saying is, folks, there's 7,000 promises in the word of God for us, and they're all yea. There's no nay. But on our way to yes, we will have some no's. You have to get through some no's in your life to get to the yeses. There's a widow in the New Testament that, that the creditor was come. And wanted to take her stuff. And she went to the judge's door and she said, I'm a widow. And I need to be advocated. I need to be taken care of from this one that's come to take my stuff. And the judge wouldn't answer the door. She just kept knocking. And she just kept knocking. And she just kept knocking. And she just kept knocking. You're going to get tired of it in a minute, aren't you? And she just kept knocking. Even people that don't want to hear me preach this are going to get tired of it. And she just kept knocking. And finally, that old unjust judge said, what do you want? She said, I want to be avenging my adversaries. And the Bible said, not because he was a good man, but because she wouldn't stop. You need to walk in this church every Sunday morning praising God from the parking lot to the pew. 
You need to come in here magnifying the Lord. It doesn't matter what happens on Friday. It doesn't matter if your pay got cut on Friday. Come on in this house and magnify God with everything that's in your heart. Come on, let's have a shift in this year in our approach to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in our life. Clap your hands real big, real big, real big. You know, the end of a day is the beginning of another day. You know that, don't you? You know what 12 noon is? It's 12 p.m. You know what 12 midnight is? It's 12 a.m. Not a second after. 12 up, 12 straight up is a new day. Paul and Silas are in prison, Acts 16. They've been beaten. They've been bound. Looks like they're going to die. But that day is over at midnight. And Paul looked over at Silas and said, I feel a shift coming. Yesterday's gone. This is a new day. And Silas might have said, Paul, you think are you? How can you think of stuff like that? We're beat up. We're cast in this jail. We're all bound up. And Paul said, let's sing some songs. Let's praise him. And they started singing at midnight, not five after midnight, at midnight. Because a new day is dawned. 2015 is here. It's the second Wednesday night of 2015. It's a new day for us. It's a new beginning this year. Why don't we just understand that we got beat up a little bit last year, yesterday. But there's a new day in our life now. Why don't we start this year clapping our hands? Why don't we start this year praising the name of the Lord? I'm not trying to get you emotional here tonight. I'm just trying to get you to have a divine shift in your mind. Because he saved you, he delivered you, he's healed you. Let's get our mind focused on what he wants us to believe in this hour. Say amen to that. Say amen to that. Have you ever noticed when trees are changing colors in the fall? I love that time. There's nobody panicking. There's nobody upset. Oh, my God. That green leaf has turned gold. Lord, you've cursed that tree. No. But rather, most people are talking about the beautiful fall colors. Why isn't someone disturbed about the fact that the leaves are dying? Because we know it has to happen. It's the natural process of season, and it has to happen if the tree will blossom again. Hear me. Weep in May. Endure for a night. But. Anybody want to preach? Joy. You have turned, David said, my mourning into dancing. Wow. Third point and I'm finished. I'm going to let you out early tonight. What feels like a small thing is often the big thing when God is about to shift things. Ooh, 
There are moments when small adjustments create huge results. The minute becomes the massive. The insignificant becomes the awesome. It's not really a big thing to do, but Simon Peter had done it a thousand, thousand of times. Let's talk about the little things. How incremental slash small adjustments create huge results. Are you ready? As I speak to you tonight, here on my side is a battery-powered microphone right here. Everybody see it? See it right here? See it? The battery is very, very small. It's a rechargeable battery. You don't throw these away. But the battery makes it possible for my voice to travel to you. Then on your end, there's this possibility that God will use something I say to give you direction in your life, to give you clarity, to give you peace, and to build your faith. And the fact that somebody put a battery in this headset may seem small, but it makes something big happen. Because I can say, yes, up there in the balcony. And if I had this thing cut off, Play a little battery. Yes. Feels good, doesn't it? Oftentimes, it's something small like a simple attitude shift on our part. We don't think it'll change much because it seems like a small thing. But your boss may be watching and waiting to see if that attitude adjustment is really in place before that promotion comes. A shift in your attitude can cause new people to come into your life who will otherwise keep their distance. What feels like a little thing is often the big thing in life. I will say this and I will not take it back. Attitude is 99.9% of the equation and I'm not sure it's not the one-tenth percent on top of that. I think attitude is just about everything. We don't need sullen Christians in 2015 at Christian Life Church. We don't need people here mad at God. We don't need people here mad at their wives and kids. We don't need people here mad at their husbands and their bosses. We need people here that love God with everything that's in their heart. Amen? It's all about attitude. A shift in your conversation. Rather than talking about what's wrong, why don't you start talking about what's right? A shift in you. My hope in this series is to have you discover how easy and fun it is to step out of your normal by your attention, attention to the minute details of everyday living. I want to encourage the men of this church, hear me now, to try and make our men's Bible study groups. I want to grow our men's Bible study groups from 120 to about 220. I want to have them in here instead of over there. We'll feed you over there and we'll come in here and have Bible study. Because here's what I think. I think just changing some small things in your life. Like I told you last week about how to start, I think just changing some small things will bring a holy shift in all you are and all you do. Ladies in the serendipity group, feeding our city, getting involved in ministries, men's fellowship and basketball. You may not be able to play, but go over and get a whistle and call fouls on somebody. Married nights, when the married nights go out, go out with the young couples, go out with the middle-aged couples, go out and go bowling with one another and go to a, a hockey game with one another, but don't get in a fight with the players, okay? Do things in this church, young at heart, come and enjoy. I love the fact that if we just start changing a little bit of stuff in our life, 
what's liable to happen in our life. Start tithing. Start believing God for your, your blessing that God will give you when you give to the kingdom of God. I love the story in Genesis, and I'm, I'm coming to an end here. Brother Randy, come on up. The story in Genesis 45. The chapter ends beautifully. So much preaching here. Wow. When Joseph's brothers came to Egypt, they didn't know who he was. And he finally told him who he was. And he gave his brethren, when it was time for them to go home, he gave his brethren a change of raiment. Here's what I want to tell you. Joseph wanted to get them out of that raiment that they had when they put him in a pit several years ago. I got to put a new, I got to put new clothes on you. I got to put a new attitude on you. Are you with me? And then the Bible said that he gave Benjamin, the little boy, the little brother, he gave him five changes of raiment because I believe that the end time church is going to be blessed more abundantly. The glory of the former and the latter rain is going to come down together. He gave him five plus he gave him 500 shekels of silver. And to his father, he loaded 10 asses with good things from the country and 10 she-asses with corn and bread. And the brothers come home. Oh, I love this. And said, Dad, Joseph is yet alive. He's governor over all the land. And Jacob's heart fainted, and he believed them not. He would not believe him. Then they told him the words that Joseph had told unto them. But when he saw the wagons... When he saw what had been shipped to him from the other side. The Bible said his spirit was revived. There was a holy shift. Some of us need to understand that God first of all wants to give us a brand new 2015 attitude. He wants to load you down with blessings. He wants to load down donkeys to bring blessings to your house and to bring blessings through you to other people. And when they see the wagons, when they see what God is doing, they're going to stand up and say, Joseph is yet alive. And I will go to him. There is a Christ in this world and I will go to him. This church has the propensity with a change of attitude, a, a, a mind shift, a, 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 a holy shift in our life. This church has the mindset to absolutely change our workplace and change our school place and change every time we go to the cleaners and every time we go to the store when you walk in and people say, wow, you ever been around them? Boy, they just smell good. They're good. Man, those people are awesome. Oh, but pastor, you know, that takes people of, no, it don't take education. It takes walking in the favor of God and understanding if I just change myself just a little, God's going to change himself toward me. Anybody want to praise him right now and clap your hands? Now watch this. I say this to the last. It wasn't Jacob that said he's alive. The Bible said Israel said he's alive. It was the time in Israel's life that he said, I'm not going back to Jacob. The one that I love is alive. 
and I'm going to be Israel. I'm going to see him as Israel, not Jacob. Because Jacob means supplanter, cheater, but Israel means as a prince, I will give you power. Wow. Why don't we just let God give us a divine shift this year? And change our perspective and change our look at things and change how we perceive things and change how we honor things. And honor the things that are right in the sight of God. Come on. And bless Him. And love Him. And honor Him. Let's not settle for less than all God wants to give us. Everybody say, I'm expecting a holy shift. I'm expecting favor to come from unlikely places. This season of waiting to end and a new season of life to begin. Good things to happen faster than normal. New relationships to come. Old relationships to be refreshed. Let's expect some boat full blessings in 2015. Clap your hands real big. I love you. Thank you for listening. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you enjoyed today's sermon.